Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. I'm your host as always, Chris Platty. And once again, I apologize for this one being a solo podcast, but uh, my guest had to cancel last minute due to scheduling conflict, something arise. But uh, don't worry, I have a guest coming next week and I'll try to continue to have guests every week from here on out. But this one's a solo podcast, so you know how I like to keep these solo podcasts. I like to keep them short and brief. So I'm just going to hit over a few of the main things in the NBA. I'm not going to go too far in depth with a lot of things. Just bringing up some of the the key points that are happening around the league. So we're going to talk a little bit about Melo. We're going to talk about Rondo's comments. We're going to talk about the All-Star Reserves. And a little update on All-Star Weekend itself. Alright? So, let's get into it. Carmelo Anthony. Now, I'm sure you heard there are rumors flying around about him being traded and you know it's neither side is agreeing nor uh nor disputing the fact that Mel wants to be traded neither Mel's party or Mel's camp sorry or the Knicks front office of Phil Jackson so it seems like they they kind of want to leave uh and and break off but I I'm saying it's still very unlikely now I know that the the top uh, I guess destination or the top, um, the the biggest rumored landing spot for Carmelo is the Los Angeles Clippers, and well, they are they are a good team, and you know it makes sense because Chris Paul is his friend. They're contenders. I don't think a deal gets done there, uh, just because Melo's not going to a second team in L.A. And I don't care how much better the Clippers are than the Lakers right now. The Lakers are were better than the Clippers the last, like, 60 years. So it doesn't really matter a recent stretch. Now, if L.A. starts winning championships, then, then that whole narrative starts to change. But right now, the Clippers are still, and I think they always will be as long as they're in L.A., the second team in L.A. And a guy like Carmelo is not going to go to a secondary team in L.A. despite having his best friend there. If he left, he'd leave for Cleveland to play with LeBron or he'd leave for a historic franchise like a Boston, like a L.A. if they were a contender. 
it's it's a very unique situation that Melo's in. And Melo's not going to leave New York for just anyone. And I don't think that the Clippers, although it would be interesting because the Clippers would be a lot better. But then again, I mean, they're already one of the, they're already a struggling team in terms of depth. And they would have to deplete all of their depth. And a trade would most likely cost you at least Austin Rivers as well as Jamal Crawford. And maybe even a first round pick. And so, well, well, you're the Clippers and that is a good move for you. Uh, especially if you could keep J.J. Redick and have that. That would be an amazing starting five of, of J.J., Chris, Melo, Blake, and DeAndre. That would be an amazing starting five. But um, they wouldn't have... They wouldn't have any depth. And so I'm not saying that the Clippers aren't interested. I, I think if the Clippers, I think the Clippers want this deal, and I think the Clippers will try to get this deal done. But it's Jamal Crawford, Austin Rivers, and maybe a first-round pick for a good enough value for a top 25 player? Hell no. That's that's not even close to a good deal. And you got to think about it this way. There's more than just, well, what is Carmelo worth? First off, Mel's worth a hell of a lot more than that, despite the narratives that, that people want to. People are constantly trying to degrade his value, and they're ignoring the fact that he is still one of the top 25, 20 best players in the game right now. Uh, but besides all that, you got to think, New York gave up so much to get Carmelo. And how does it look if you give up so much to get a guy, and then you get, and then you give that guy up, for so little in return there's a little bit of I don't want to call it politics but there's a little bit of PR involved in these kinds of transactions especially when they come to star players because star players put tickets in the seat now I know New York gets relatively good sales regardless of how bad their team is I mean just look at how horrible they've been the last you know two decades for the most part and so despite all that you have to you have to if you're in New York, you have to get something back that can not only not only make you better in the long term, but also also looks like a respectable haul haul and give and can continue to sell tickets. And that offer just hasn't presented itself yet. Cause Austin Rivers and Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford is fun to watch. I love Jamal Crawford. And Austin Rivers is a pretty good player. But that in a in a what what would be a late first round pick for Carmelo Anthony? Hell no, that's not that doesn't justify it. Now, apparently, apparently it's rumored that both parties are looking for a third team. I'm not sure who will jump in. Maybe it's a team like Philly who has a surplus of picks and can throw some picks their way, and maybe get a, a veteran or two out of the transaction because they seem to now be. Oh, at least open to the idea of acquiring a veteran and making a playoff push with how successful they've been, but uh, I don't I don't see it uh, I don't see a third team jumping in and I'm not sure anyone will jump in and I like I said I think the Knicks are ready to make the move but ultimately Mello I think is getting his feet wet he's kind of testing it he's open to the idea but. By all reports, Melo loves New York, and all he's already been through with New York, you gotta think that you gotta think that with everything he's been through with New York, that he's he's there for the long run. A lot of reports and a lot of people 
who I trust and a lot of strong sources in the league have said that the reason Mel loves New York so much is not just because uh, it is New York, but because of the options, the post-basketball options that Carmelo will have uh, while post-basketball. And and as well as his relationship with James Dolan. And James Dolan, if that relationship, if they stay together, if they stick it out with each other, then, you know, that will, he can obviously, being a very successful businessman, can open a lot of doors for Carmelo Anthony. So this is more than just a basketball move. And Mel has always been about business. So I that combined with his genuine love for New York makes me think that I doubt he will ever get traded from New York. I think he's going to finish out his contract there. And then and then who knows when he's a free agent. But um, I, I would put my money on, on Mel finishing the contract in New York. But let's say if, if this does happen, if this trade does happen, I think... I think that it's better for New York to do this in the off season. I get why they're doing it now because now they can go in tank mode. They can they can clearly establish, okay, Przingis is a guy we're building around him. You know, the sooner the better you move on from the messy situation. I get all that. But as far as assets and what you're going to get back, I think that the off season is much better because a lot of teams will have a lot more cap pretty much every team in the off season genuinely speaking has more cap flexibility because you know they got players coming off the books and they can go over the cap to retain those players so that allows for some tricky maneuvering and so I and some sign and trade options as well for for New York so I would say if I was New York I obviously I'm not if I'm New York and and I've been set on moving Carmelo I would not give up on that idea but unless unless an amazing offer jumps your way, if I'm New York, I'm not moving him before the trade deadline. I'm playing it out in the summer, seeing what happens when everybody's more flexible and there are more options because Melo's contract is a hard one to swallow, and so it's going to take a lot of cap flexibility and cap maneuvering for teams to, teams to acquire Melo. All right, so that's how I feel about Melo. Um, like I said, I don't think he's going anywhere, but we'll see. Let me know what you guys think in the comments, uh, not only not only on the podcast, but also uh, on my Twitter, Crispy1132, C-H-R-I-S-P-Y-1132. Let me know your responses. Um, but let's move on to Rondo. Now, this is the other crazy, crazy topic. So, I mean, you've had, you've had the New York Knicks who are a dumpster fire, and now the Chicago Bulls are an equal dumpster fire. And I wish my guest was coming on. Shout out to Noel Hoffman. He's been on here a lot of times. You guys have heard him before. And we both predicted in our preseason podcast that Chicago was going to be a dumpster fire. Now, so far, they aren't quite the dumpster fire we were expecting. But I think I I really wish he was here because, I mean, this is really starting to turn into a dumpster fire that we were waiting for. Rondo has officially burned every last bridge in the NBA. I I don't think there's another team out there that wants to give him a chance. I know that seems hyperbole, and I know that there's always desperate teams, but in a league so saturated with point guard talent, yes, Rondo is talented. 
Yes, he's uh, talented enough to be on some type of NBA roster in some way. Of course he is. But with that attitude in the locker room, if I'm if I'm a young team, I don't want him in there because I don't I don't want to deal with that. I mean, he seems to divide every locker room he's been in or alienate himself or even worse or even worse ter- try and turn the coaches and players against each other. I mean, he he's very he's very bad for locker rooms by all reports. Now, I know that today Miritich came out in defense of Rondo as well as as well as Grant did and they both defended Rondo. So, um so there there's those reports out there, but I mean, when those are two reports versus, you know, hundreds of very credible sources around the league, former players, players who are in the game now as well as as well as, you know, established reporters and writers, who are around the team every day, I tend to believe that Rondo is definitely a burden in the locker room and something that you don't want, especially if, especially if you're a young team. Now, he, obviously he's not he's not going to be he's not going to go to a contending team, so he has to sell himself as a veteran if he wants to stay in this league. He has to sell himself as a valuable veteran and mentor in the locker room, and that's. If I'm a young team, I especially don't want him in my locker room if I'm Philly or whoever because you got to show those young guys the right way to grow. Rondo has not grown the right way. He has not matured the right way, both as a player and as a leader. And so I don't I don't I don't want that. That I mean that's essentially giving them a bad that's essentially giving players a bad example or a bad role model. So I'm not doing that. I'm staying away from Rondo. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with with Rondo if he gets another shot. You know, my my gut right now tells tells me no, but there's just so there's just so many dysfunctional front offices out there that I think that it's possible that Rondo gets another shot. Uh, but then again, it's also hard to see it at the same time because. Chicago and Sacramento, who are two of the most uh, disastrous front offices right now, currently, he's both ran his course, or he's ran his course with both of those options. So we'll see what we'll see what happens with Rondo. But right now, I'm not gonna get into it, and I'm not gonna read the Instagram post. It's all over social media. You can look it up if you want to. Basically, it sums out it sums up by saying that when he was in Boston. Uh, KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen, they led by example. They were great leaders. They didn't call people out in the media, which is hypocritical because that's what Rondo's doing on social media. He's calling out his quote-unquote leaders. And so so there's that. There's that. And then um, it's just a bunch of, it's just a bunch of uh, these veterans taught me how to work hard, taught me how to do this, taught me how to do that. And all these things that when you're reading it, it just sounds so hypocritical when you look at Rondo's track record. The fact that Rick Carlisle, one of the greatest coaches in the game, uh, sent him home in the playoffs just because he didn't, he wasn't engaged and he wasn't, and he was he was that bad of a locker room guy that they sent him home during the playoffs in a series they were trying to desperately to win. So uh, that there's there's reports all around the league that just contradict everything Rondo said so I'm totally off it I don't want to talk about it more but if it's still an issue in a week or two I guess I guess I'll have to revisit it or if another layer comes out but 
as of right now, it's just it's just a dumpster fire, and I think that they should try and they should honestly just release Rondo, try and buy him out, and I don't think there's any trade value for Rondo, so it's overall just a very sticky sticky situation uh, that Chicago honestly put themselves in from the moment that they that they signed him. They knew with all the reports, especially after the whole. Um, ref accusation uh that rondo had or the whole ref scandal that he had last year with the with calling with calling the ref gay who actually turned out to be to be gay and all those all those reports um there's just a lot of evidence against rondo so i'm staying away from him bottom line all right now before we move on to the all-star stuff i want to talk to you about our sponsor Anti Forever USA. Anti Forever USA is a great clothing company. Um, they have released several several hats, t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, windbreakers, anything you name it. They have it on their website, and it is all reasonably priced, very good quality stuff. I ordered my windbreaker. I'm waiting on that in the mail. They just had a shipment of hats, and for my listeners only. This is a special for my listeners only. You get 10% off using the code PLATTE. That's P-L-A-T-T-E. That's my last name. And so use that special promo code and you will get 10% off your purchase. And um, check them out because they are great. I will put the link to their to their shop on my uh, on my podcast bio. So you can check that out there and... Um, in the description will be the link to not only their their website but also their Twitter. So check out Anti Forever USA for some great new clothing. All right, so we're gonna move on to some All Star stuff and then we're gonna get out of here. So uh, as you know, over the last week they announced the All Star reserves and I will pull up the list and give you the reserves. So the Eastern Conference reserves go as follow: Paul George, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, Paul Millsap, Isaiah Thomas, Kemba Walker, and Jaw Wall. And for the West, it is DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus Holt, Draymond Green, Gordon Hayward, DeAndre Jordan, Clay Thompson, Russell Westbrook. So, just my overall thoughts and impressions from the list. It's kind of it's kind of ironic how the West uh, the West is dominated by three centers in the reserves, and the East has four point guards in the reserves and just one one power forward in the reserves. So. Uh, it's a very it's a very strong uh, role reversal of of lineups, if you will. Uh, you know, I, everybody wants to do the snubs and all that. And to me, if you were to make cases, I'm I'm honestly surprised that Kemba Walker got in because if you remember on a podcast I talked about before, and I've talked about this several times with with a lot of people just talking off air about about the All Star Weekend itself and the All Star list. That usually they don't take as many guards as they as they did in the East. Uh, usually, I thought that one of Isaiah Kemba or John Wall were going to get cut from the roster and not make it, but they all ended up making it, and it makes sense. And I think it was definitely the right move because while well, you have people like Drummond who are who are impressive uh, right now, right now Kemba Walker deserved to be an All Star. Isaiah Thomas absolutely deserves to be an all-star he is on a tear right now John Wall is also on a tear right now one of the I mean 
So I'm not I'm not upset by by them electing to choose so many guards. I know some people will because they really don't. If you look at this entire roster, they don't have one traditional center. So I know that that's kind of going to bother some some of the older heads, and it it does bother me too. But at the same time, Andre Drummond was probably the the most deserving center in the Eastern Conference of receiving an All Star nomination. And honestly, his team is a mess right now. I don't see I don't see a reason why Drummond should be on there. Uh, people made the case for Embiid, and if you listen to a podcast I was on, I was on Noah Lofman's podcast as a guest actually, and I and I'm really in on Joel Embiid, but uh, he's been injured a lot these last couple weeks, and that's a whole other story. Uh, maybe maybe that we're getting we're celebrating his success too soon because. Uh, it has only been a few months in the NBA that he's been without injury, and now he's starting to rack up some injuries. But that's besides the point. Joel Embiid has not played enough to become an All Star. Uh, he's he's got to prove it. And you know, when you're a rookie, you gotta you gotta earn. You gotta be really super impressive to be an All Star, and he has been. He's been transformative for Philly, uh, phenomenal for Philly, and I definitely think he was worth consideration. But over guys like Paul George and guys who who just have more staying power and who are more proven, I think it was absolutely the right move considering the the amount of games Joel has missed so far and is starting to he's starting to rack up more misses quickly and more absences quickly. Uh, as far as the West goes, there were two interesting things that I noticed. One, Mike Conley didn't make the roster, and I was okay with that because. Because, I mean, you had to put four Warriors in there. You had to put Steph Curry. You had to put KD. You had to put Draymond. And to me, you had to put Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson took took Mike Conley's spot. Mike Conley is a deserving all-star, yes. I'm not going to argue that. And Memphis has had an incredible season this year. But to me, Mike Conley just over Klay Thompson, I'm not, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to knock anybody. It's one of those things where it's a coin toss. I'm not going to knock anybody if they do say Mike Conley should have made it. I'm not going to knock anybody if Clay Thompson, uh, if they say Clay Thompson should have made it. To me, that's a toss-up. And I think when the Warriors are as good as they are, they deserve to have four All-Stars. And it's not like it's not like the fourth All-Star is Kyle Korver like, you, like, uh, like Atlanta a few years back. No disrespect to Korver. He had a good year, but wasn't your traditional caliber all-star caliber um player and so another thing that stood out to me was deandre jordan on the list now to me this feels like a makeup call deandre has been on fire recently he's been playing amazing since blake's been out he's had multiple 20 20 games and uh just um, multiple 20 rebound games i should know all this because i have him in fantasy actually and he's been doing me some huge favors but besides besides that, this spot really feels like it should have been given to Gobert, who's putting up better numbers than DeAndre. And uh, so you know, it feels like it feels like it was a makeup call for last year. DeAndre definitely deserves to be an All Star in some capacity. So I'm not I'm not entirely mad at it, but it does feel like one of those makeup calls, if you will, that happens so often. Uh, but Gobert definitely should have been on there. I was okay with Hayward over Gobert. A lot of people are causing controversy over that, but I think Hayward 
was definitely the right choice, especially when you have the abundance of centers that you have on this all-star roster in the West and just big men in general. I was okay with adding Gordon Hayward. I mean, for for if you look at the bench depth again, it's this is just the bench. It's DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus Sol, Draymond, and DeAndre. That's a lot of that's a lot of front court players right there. So that's four of that's four of the seven reserves right there, just being front court players. So it, it makes sense that Hayward was was the all star. And I think I think he deserves it. I think he, he has been slightly better than Gobert. I know Gobert's rim protection numbers have been insane. I don't have them up, them up in front of me. The last time I checked, he was leading the league in rim protection, uh, in the rim protection stats, which are effective field goal percentage against the rim and all those crazy advanced metrics. But one last thing, though, I do actually, I know I said I had two points, but I forgot about my third point. And my third point was a lot of people have brought up Noah Marcus Aldridge from the Spurs the Spurs are a very good team. Uh, they are they are by far and away the second best team in the league as far as record goes. But with San Antonio, I just I don't see Aldridge putting up the numbers necessary to be an All Star. He has good numbers. He has he has those like flirt All Star flirting numbers where it's like he's he's on the border, but. There's just so many good players in in the NBA today. There's so many star players in the NBA today that that I'm okay with picking DeAndre Jordan over um over over sorry, well Marcus Aldridge. But uh especially when you consider the fact that the the Clippers have kind of done pretty well in with all the injuries that they've had and DeAndre's been a big part of why they've been as good as they have been without uh, without Chris Paul for stretches and without Blake for stretches. So uh, you do have to give credit to the Clippers for at least maintaining maintaining status quo, if not close to it, without uh, with their two best players down. So that's why I go with DeAndre Jordan. He's the most controversial. But overall, I think they did it. I think they did it right this year. I think they. They did a good job selecting. I don't think there's anybody in there that shouldn't be in there um, this year. You can argue that the Westbrook starting over Curry. I agree. I also say it's not that big of a deal. So shut up about it. I don't want to hear it anymore. Um, Russell Westbrook, yes, he deserves a start. Yes, he's averaging a triple-double. But you know what? Starting doesn't impact the All-Star game ever. Nobody remembers how many how many all-stars they started not even the players I don't think so it's really not that big of a deal fans calm down about the starting it's not a big deal let's move on before I get angry um okay all-star weekend updates so to close out this podcast everyone who has been listening to my podcast for years knows I am an all-star weekend fanatic I live for all-star weekend I love I love it and I cover it I do an all-out podcast every year with Chris Phillips and every year we go through all the events and we pick who we get who we think is going to win and I watch it all weekend and we text all weekend about it it's it's a great weekend to me it's my favorite weekend of the year I love it and so um so just to kind of get you guys get you guys up to speed with where everything's at as far as the as far as the rosters go and everything uh 
right now the only thing released is the Compass uh, BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. And I'll read you that roster in a second. But I want to make note that as I'm recording this podcast, they have not released the, which is Monday night, by the way, they have not released the three-point shootout. They have not released the dunk contest or the skills challenge participants as well as the celebrity uh, celebrity game roster. So none of that stuff is out. There's just a report that Zach Levine it w- will not be in the dunk contest as a protest, kind of like what Dame did. Uh, not that he wasn't not not over being an All Star, but he just wants to he just wants to be recognized as a player who's more than a dunker, which I get. He's balling out this year. He's playing great. But um, you know, even more even more reason why why Aaron Gordon should have won last year. But let's let's read these Rising Stars rosters. So for Team US now, for those of you that don't know, they switched it up a few years back. They do Team USA versus Team World. It's very fun. Uh, it's it's a very non-defense oriented, to say the least, uh, exhibition where they just put on a show, and every year it's 180 to 180. It's it's just phenomenally, uh, it's just a phenomenal game to watch. Sometimes they even score 200 in a game. It's really fun. Uh, so the U.S. roster: Devin Booker of the Suns, Malcolm Brogdon of the Bucks, Marquise Chris of the Suns. Brandon Ingram of the Lakers, Frank Kaminsky of the Hornets, Jahil Okafor of the 76ers, D'Angelo Russell of the Lakers, Jonathan Simmons of the Spurs, Carl Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves, and Miles Turner of the Pacers. World star, or sorry, world star, um, world team roster, Joel Embiid, Dante Exum, Buddy Heald, Nico Jokic, Trey Lyles, Emmanuel Moutier, Jamal Murray, Kristaps Porzingis, Damanis Sabonis, and Dario Saric. Now, just with uh, some quick thoughts, I don't really, I'm not really, you know, there's not one player coming to mind that, oh, I'm surprised he made it, or, oh, he shouldn't have been on there. I guess Frank Kaminsky is the only surprise, but when you kind of go down the list, it makes sense. I would have put honestly. I would have put Sam Decker on there over Frank Kaminsky, um, just because Sam Decker's play doing a hell of a hell of a job in Houston right now. Uh, even Montrez Harrell, I believe he still qualifies for the for the uh, for this challenge. Um, yeah, I I love these rosters. I'm not gonna predict. I'm gonna save my prediction for the for the All Star Weekend podcast in a few weeks, but. Right now, man, this looks like it's gonna be great. I mean, Embiid, Jokic, uh, those guys are those guys are phenomenal to watch. Jamal Murray, I like watching him. Kristaps, of course, is always fun. Emmanuel Mudiay, he's an interesting player. Um, then then you have then you have of course on the on the U.S. side. I I love Devin Booker. He's been he's been having a phenomenal year. Jonathan Simmons is. Is a really good player for the Spurs. I really like him. I think he's got great upside, actually. Uh, Marquise Chris is interesting because I don't get to see him much uh, because uh, because I don't get many Suns games to watch on national TV, and I try and catch the ones on League Pass that I can, but it's not very often. One surprise I will say, though, is that Dra- uh, Dragon Bender is not on the list of the Phoenix Suns. Um, I, I think he could have, I think he maybe could have made it over a guy like Trey Lyles. 
I know Dragon Bender isn't playing that much until recently, but I really like Dragon Bender, and I think he's got high upside. So it would have been fun to see him on this uh, or in this challenge too. But I get it when you already have as many centers as you do. Uh, overall, no complaints. Very excited. Uh, this this is always one of the more intriguing highlights of the weekend. One of the highlights of the weekend. So definitely stay tuned for that. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Chris Platty, and this is Strictly Hoop Talk. Uh, you can comment, as always, you can comment me on Twitter at crispy 1132 That's C-H-R-I-S-P-Y-1132. And you can tweet me your comments about, about any of the topics I chose or topics I didn't choose that you feel I should have. And I've always engaged with the fans, and the fans who do engage, uh, you, will, you will get a shout-out on on the podcast as long as you're respectful of course always be respectful um last but not least you can follow me on snapchat at crispy 1132 it's the same as my twitter handle which is chrispy 1132 and on there i always post sneak peeks and uh and give my fans previews a lot of my fans tune into my snapchat to see my previews of the podcast uh i know the the fans I have on Snapchat have given me great feedback about it, as well as those on Twitter. So um, through Twitter, you'll find a link to all my podcasts, both iTunes and on Podbean, both NBA and Strictly Hip Hop. So I have everything. Uh, it's just whatever you prefer, whatever medium you prefer to consume it as. Um, and that's that's it, guys. I'll have a hip hop podcast coming Thursday. I don't want to I don't want to spoil the spoil the hip-hop podcast because i'm not can i'm not a hundred percent sure that this is the one i'm doing but i got a hip-hop podcast coming thursday and i got some great hip-hop content coming soon and of course next week you will have a guest on the podcast noel Hoffman will return to be a guest on on next week's podcast for for nba so you got a lot to look forward to thank you guys for tuning in and as always please share and subscribe and support my podcast Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. This is Strictly Hoop Talk, NBA podcast.